Welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice podcast show. I am your host, Nana Bonsu, President and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Today, I have two great guests for you, and they're here to talk about marketing strategy, how you create brand awareness, lead generation, and put together an overall marketing strategy so that you can increase the value of your business. And uh, when the time comes, you can sell it for more or you can transfer it to your next of kin without any problems. The first guest is Heather Steele. Heather is the founder and CEO of Blue Steel Solutions. She founded the Blue Steel Solutions organization about 10 years ago. And she founded that company because she has seen some of the failures that you know, some organizations are having in terms of not being able to communicate the value of their business. So her main focus is helping business, business owners communicate and message their, their value and their value proposition. Next guest is Randy Skinner. Randy is the CEO of RS Consulting, and she's also a fractional chief marketing officer. Welcome to the show, Heather and Randy. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. I'm looking, who doesn't want to talk marketing? Because I'm <laughs> so excited to dive in. Like, thank I, you so I much. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So if you want to give us a little bit of background about how the, the two of you just kind of got started and uh, just, <laughs> just give us a little bit of background about marketing strategy, just your view of marketing strategy. And, you know, perhaps that may set the context because maybe, you know, folks may have a different idea of uh, what marketing strategy is and maybe um, misguided. So how do you guys get started? How did you, um, you know, get linked together? And, and what, is, uh, what is marketing strategy from your point of view? Absolutely. Um, well, I'll start. Um, yeah, you, you can tell our story. I'll tell our story and you can fill in the blank. So at Heather and I, and Heather, correct me on the time, we actually met, I believe, was it six or seven years ago? Mm -hmm. um, and I worked for Heather. So we started um, kind of creating our methodology, our process um, regarding marketing strategies seven years ago when um, she was my employer. And um, I actually launched my own consulting business a few years ago and um, have focused primarily on small businesses. But Heather and I have circled back around um, this past really couple of years and just kind of found that what she brings to the table and what I bring to the table are the best of both worlds. And so we've created a process that has taken you know, my 15 plus years in business development and marketing and Heather's, you know, 15 plus years is in marketing and, and other aspects and really refined it. And our goal is to help shift the mindset of how we're thinking about marketing strategies as business owners. Um, so that's kind of the 30 second lowdown of how we met. There's a lot more great details <laughs> in there. And so, you know, you can have us on another time, Nana, and we'll tell you all about all the good details. Wonderful. We'll, we'll be glad to. I'm sure. I would just add to that that, you know, when Randy and I worked together, we were definitely, she said employers, but I would say we were colleagues more than anything. And that's why it's been such an awesome transition to see her take what she learned from what we did internally at Blue Steel and also what we did for our clients and start applying that to her own business to be able to launch and get started with her own thing. 
And um, it's been an amazing thing to see her grow her business and for us to be able to start working together again um, in this joint venture. And I would say that the one thing that I think really always brought us together beyond just our shared love of wine and tacos would be that we really, truly believe that there's a different way to approach marketing than most businesses do. Uh, We see most businesses get really caught up in the weeds and struggling on the lead generation side. They kind of see marketing as just there to generate leads. Uh, But we've always really taken a step back and looked at what is your vision for your business? What do you want to do with this business? And why does that matter to you? And then create everything from there. And it's that step back to get the wider view that makes the way that we approach things different. And it also makes it much more successful for our clients that we work with because they're not getting this kind of cookie cutter standard uh, strategy that's based on this idea of just leads and increased revenue, we're really looking at it from the standpoint of what do you want the business to do for you, Uh, which goes very well in line with people that are in the exit planning process or options planning, or even just looking at what retirement looks like for them, because that strategy that they need might be very different based on what their vision is for the business. Yeah, I want to I, I want to circle back to that options planning thing because there's a bit of a subtle difference there. What what is I mean, what is the number one myth or misconception that owners have and how it hurts them? Because I, I know you mentioned that they tend to be in the weeds. Now I'm just trying to kind of drill down to see if if there's a certain misconception they have about you know when you're in the weeds, they think they're doing marketing, or if if it's because they're not exactly sure how to do marketing and just how that hurts them or their business. That is. Oh, that is a really good question. Okay. I have one. And then Heather, you might have a different one. Yeah. We'll see if we have the same one. (laughs) Well, I think one of the greatest misconceptions, especially when business owners are actually in the midst, in the weeds, um, throwback to restaurant terminology. Gotta love that. Um, But when they're actually in the weeds is that they think their marketing's not working, right? They're like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Nothing ever works. And so Um, I think that that's kind of one of the greatest misconceptions when it's not really that it doesn't work. It's more likely that you're either a focusing on the wrong things, the wrong objective or possibly the wrong audience. You're not talking to your audience in the right way. So there's very rarely a time that I think that someone's actual tool or tactic, whether it be social media or newsletter or content marketing, whatever it is, it's not the actually tool. It's not the widget that's wrong. It's everything else that's leading up to the widget that's wrong. And so I think that's like a very big kind of myth and misconception when we're thinking about business owners being in the weeds and, you know, bad marketing, really. (laughs) I would add on to that, um, and I think this is kind of a two-part issue, that beyond just not having the right strategy and audience in place, we see a lot of people who are taking this shotgun approach, and they kind of want to do a little bit of everything to try to reach every single person that could be a potential customer, um, and they're not doing any of it for a long enough time, and they're not doing any of it in a focused enough way. 
And it's really difficult, especially for a business owner who feels pressure. If they're in a situation where they really need that additional revenue or they're feeling pressure, maybe from their board or their employees or something's putting pressure on them. It's very easy to scramble around and try a lot of different things and get really frustrated that none of them are that magic bullet, that thing that's going to bring instant success. Where when they step back and have a much more focused strategy where they're trying to reach a very, very specific audience, it's kind of counterintuitive, right? They need lots of sales and they need lots of results, but instead we're going to tell them to focus more narrow on a very specific audience and take a very specific track. Uh, they're going to have a lot more success that way because they'll be able to make that budget last long enough to actually see the strategy through to get the results that they want. Um, so I think that you know, it's either inaction, which we see a lot of times, they're just not doing anything. They're trying to do way too much of everything, um, or they're just focusing in all the wrong areas. So what is the, what is the number one thing when they're caught in that trap um, that they should be doing to get themselves out of it? You know, there's the trying to balance the need to just generate quick revenue. But on the other hand, it's like nothing kind of happens that quickly, just like you alluded mm-hmm. to. So when they get into it, is that when they should call you? Or, I mean, what is the, what's the number one thing they can do when they're caught in that kind of trap? I mean, I think they can, first of all, call us. Absolutely. But I think there's actually work that you can do on your own before you make the call to someone like us to help help you take it to the next level if, if you're not there yet with putting that investment towards having someone come in. And that really is where our mindset and our methodology of our five-step process and the value building marketing can come into play. And so before we even go into the steps, the very first thing that someone can do is take a step back and spend time defining their audience and defining their brand and kind of buzzwords, right? In the marketing world are brand persona and audience persona. And so those are kind of things that you can do as a business owner on your own, you know, put together, put together a marketing team of, you know, three to five people, including yourself. Maybe if you are a solopreneur, you bring in trusted advisors, mentor, a customer or two, a client or two, and create a little team to help you develop this persona if you're kind of stuck, but an audience persona or brand persona, um, if if that's something that you're like, I don't even know where to start with that. Um, Heather over at Blue Steel Solutions, if you head over to her website, she has an entire marketing forge that has tons of templates and resources that can kind of help you get launched on your own. So I would say that would be the first thing is to step back, really hone in to who is your audience and creating that persona. What matters to them? What's keeping them up at night? What problems do you solve? Yeah, we're going to have the link to that website uh, in the show notes also, just so people can uh, can go to the website, Heather's website, in case uh, they're interested in finding out the services that uh, she her team provides. Um, so, Heather, I wanted to pivot back to the options plan and exit plan. Thing. A lot of times um, uh, we see uh, you know, folks in the industry just focus on exit planning, but there's more than just Exit because mm-hmm. a lot of some a lot of times a lot of owners are like, but I'm not looking forward to exiting, right? I'm just I just want to reduce the my the business dependency on me just so I can mm-hmm. free up some time to spend more quality time with my family or you know my check my health or what have you. 
how does what is the difference between your approach to or oh, working with exit planners versus folks who are interested in just because you bring like more holistic you know perspective to mm-hmm. the to the equation, which is that hey, it's not just exit planning. We can meet you however you want, whatever option. We first let's talk about whatever options that you have on the table, and then we can uh, adapt our marketing strategy to meet that goal or that vision that you have. Yeah, so Randy mentioned our five-step process, and we'll eventually make it through the whole process by the end of this show. But the very first step is that we look at what your path is, um, what your vision is for your organization. And that sounds kind of ethereal and, you know, like um, a little woo-woo, but it's really important for us to know what is the next five to 10 years look like? What do you want to happen in your business? Do you plan on selling? Do you plan on retiring? Do you plan on exiting? Um, Do you have other plans? You know, are you looking at increasing your size? Are you looking at really, you want to double down and get as much done yourself in this business in the next five years as possible? Or are you in a position where you want to look at systems and ways that you can make things more efficient so that you can start to back out and let the business run itself? So knowing what that long-term vision is, is super important. And I think a lot of people skip that and they go straight to the, you know, what do you want your revenue to be at the end of the year? But that doesn't really matter, right? If we don't know what the long-term goal is for the business, why does the business exist? What's your role in it as the business owner and what's going to happen next? And then we move to step two, which is where we talk about clarifying what value means to the business owner. So when we think about value, especially from an exit planning standpoint, we typically think about like, what could you sell your business for in the marketplace? But there's two different kinds of value. There's that market value, but then there's also what does what's the value of your business to yourself? Mm-hmm. As the business owner, is the value in the business what you could cash out for? Is it what you're personally taking home at the end of the day to support your family? Is the value in your business completely separate from that? And it's making an environmental impact because of the way you run your business, or it's providing employment to people. Um, Or if it's meeting a need to produce a product that is very needed in your industry. People have much different uh, views of what the actual value of their business is to them. And we talk about that being your internal value versus your market value. And it's so important to understand that because, again, that's going to inform what strategy we need to put in place. Because depending on and there's no wrong answer, right? Like, If the value of your business to you is what amount you can cash out for in five years and live the rest of your life on a yacht, then more power to you. Like that's not a wrong answer, but it's a really important answer for us to know so that we understand what we need to be putting in place to help you meet that goal. I was almost going to ask, like, you know, what does that have to do? I mean, you know, almost like, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate. Why does a marketing strategist need to know? if I'm going to sell or not, you know, as opposed to uh, just uh, just make sure my brand looks good, that type of thing. But it, it mm-hmm. does, you know, inform in uh, in terms of the messaging and and the branding and just the positioning. More, most importantly, I suppose. 
Right. And the kind of processes we put in place. So let's say, for example, we have a business owner who they've got a great business, things are running well, but they're spending so much time in that business that they are worn out. If we come in and we put in a great strategy that creates awesome ROI, that brings them in a ton of leads and new sales, um, that just floods them with all the opportunity they could want, that's going to make that business owner miserable. Because they're already trying to back out and spend less time in the business. If we go in and create the systems that are just going to dump a bunch of extra opportunity on their plate, that's not going to do much for them. But if instead we took their budget and we focused on creating long-term awareness in their market and really getting the right employees in the door because they recognize the value of the brand and they want to be associated with that. Now we're setting this owner up for still a steady drip of new revenue coming in from those customers that are exposed to the brand, but also the opportunity to bring the right people in and build a team that can take the workload off of the owner. So it's two very different strategies and how we would work with the branding and process creation to get them to that ultimate goal. Okay. Um, one of the things, um, some of the things that are top of mind for business owners right now is, you know, obviously we know about the supply chain disruptions and I'm not exactly sure. I haven't asked you this yet if you primarily work with, um, I mean, I'm for marketing, I'm sure it doesn't matter, but I'm not sure if, you know, in the, you know, this, in the past year, if you work mostly with, for instance, with manufacturing or with services companies, because supply chain disruptions obviously affect, you know, manufacturing and other companies more than say services, but how does like, you know, like, you know, marketing strategy um, approach um, change or, or maybe not change in a current environment where there's a lot of labor shortages issues, there's a lot of supply chain, you know, disruption issues among other things. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that's something that's been top of mind to a lot of business owners, whether or not even outside of the supply chain, right? We've all experienced a pandemic. Life has been different. Things have changed. There's, you know, we, I think the, the theme of last year, right, was pivot. I think on every podcast <laughs> we talked about pivoting and thriving. And I think what I've found and what applies to kind of this perspective of building value and not just generating leads and, and, and focusing on selling widgets is that this is when there's an opportunity to really focus on the post-sell environment of your marketing strategy. So those current customers, those folks that you already have the relationship, maybe if you are experiencing supply chain, you know, you're not necessarily out there wanting to focus on generating more leads for the product that you don't have, right? But you can be focusing on creating raving fans, creating a referral network, really diving in and figuring out how to build those relationships with the people that already know about you because they can be one of the best avenues, right? To bring in that next set of leads that you'll need once you're ready. And that's a way that you can build momentum even in the sense of kind of the dynamics that we have right now. And I think that's what we saw a lot of people doing even in the pandemic where when they were um, focusing on shifting how they were providing some of the services and products, they were really trying to focus on letting the people that they currently serve know what they're going to do differently mm -hmm. versus out there trying to market to new people that don't already know them. 
Um, and so I think that post-sell and the moving to close and the post-sell when you're thinking of a marketing funnel are the two areas that a lot of oftentimes just kind of get put on the back burner because we tend to focus so much on generating leads. And so in a climate like this, in a climate that there's external variables that we don't have control over, taking a step back and focusing on your post-sell, what that process looks like is key and then move backwards, then focus on your moving to close. And by the time you perfect those two things, you'll be ready to get back into lead generation. So kind of working backwards from a traditional Mm -hmm. marketing creation, marketing strategy creation. Yeah. And just to add on to that, you know, I think Randy really nailed it with focusing on that post-sale. And what we mean by that is people who you've already sold to that you have a relationship with. So especially for manufacturers, you know, I think of people who are either selling direct to consumer and they've got a lot of people who have paid for a product that's sitting on a ship somewhere and they cannot physically get it to their customer or perhaps um, an OEM or someone who's a manufacturer that sells downline to other, um, you know, industrial organizations where you've got people who are held up and they can't sell their product because they're waiting on what you're going to sell to them. Um, That's when protecting your brand, protecting your reputation, and having the clearest, most open lines of communication with those customers becomes so important. And like Randy said, it gives you the opportunity to turn these people from being frustrated and annoyed and feeling taken advantage of because they've paid you for something that's not there um, and that's a bad feeling as a consumer to, to pay for something and then be waiting and waiting for it to show up. Having those communication strategies um, that would probably include some PR, lots of direct contact campaigns, and really just keeping the, the lines open and communicating what's going on and giving your customers those options of how they can um, you know, back out of the sale or what's going to happen to them while you're waiting for those products to make it to them. That becomes so, so important. Um, It's kind of, if y'all are Mad Men fans, there's an episode where Don Draper says that if you don't like what they're saying, change the conversation. This would be a situation where as marketing strategists, we would come in and say, let's change this conversation from company XYZ sucks. They haven't gotten me my products. I've paid for this. I am super ticked off to Company XYZ is struggling right now and they've communicated that clearly with me, but I know what's going on. I know what the plan is if my package doesn't show up by X date. I know what to expect and I trust them to see through what they've said they're going to do. How do customers typically feel, uh, you know, short term when you work with them, when you come in and, you know, I'm sure they bring, by the time they bring you guys in, sometimes like, you know, it's, you almost wish that they had contacted you like, you know, three years before and whatnot. So yeah. I think by the time we're done, they wish that they had contacted us three years before. Um, you know, people that work with us, they know we are super fun and we try to keep the process as exciting and fun and positive as we can. But I would say that most people feel a great sense of clarity when they go through our process, because they understand their own intentions, their own vision, and they really understand their own business a lot better through the process. Um, And the things that we work with them on help them improve, not just their marketing, but really make their entire business just so much more efficient um, and help them be happier in the work that they're doing. 
Absolutely. And I think too, like sometimes business owners, they marketing can kind of be this disconnected piece of your operations that you like know you have to do it, but it doesn't feel like it's connected. It's kind of like a black box, especially if it's not your area of expertise. And so to tag on to what Heather said, by the time they kind of gone through the process, they find how it actually does have segments in every part of their business that it should, it should in fact be arriving in different aspects of your business, not just, you know, over on your website or in your newsletter or wherever that tool or tactic is. It can be a part of your internal operations as well in the processes and and the overall communication channels. So I think it goes from being that black box that's over here to being a cohesive part of the next phase, the next, the long-term vision, which it's really exciting. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, that's probably this probably could be also be complicated, right? You, you mean like folding basically as part of the day-to-day operation, the identity, right? Because it, it's one thing to advertise your brand and your values to the external world mm-hmm. uh, to say this is what you stand for. It's, it's a whole different thing to make sure that it is woven into the fiber of all operations because if marketing is disconnected from like production and whatnot, then, you know, it's just like production is doing something else and marketing is advertising you know, values that's completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we see that happen a lot and consumers and businesses that buy from those companies are always disappointed. You know, like if, if I, as a marketing person, let's stick with our manufacturing example. If I can't walk in and clearly see your QC process for what happens before you send anything out the door, then we're not going to have a good relationship because I need to know that we're not coming in and, you know, trying to cover up a lemon with a great marketing strategy that we're really starting from. We've got a great product, a service that has a need in the market. We are solving problems for people and providing, you know, quality services and products And then we can talk about how to market those things, but we can't fix those problems. We can't fix problems of, um, you know, your employees being unhappy, maybe because of your business's social views. We can't fix that without being able to fix that, right? If we just slap a bandaid on it and say, this is what we're going to do from a marketing standpoint, but we're not actually going to fix the problem in the business. It's not going to work. You have to take that, that brand, um, the goals that you have, the problems you're solving for people, and you have to weave that into, like Randy said, everything about your business. And if you don't, it will show. It will be disingenuous. People will see the disconnect and your efforts are not going to work as well as they should. And I, it, to that point, it just, it just really kind of highlights um, the fact that marketing is, is more than just advertisements and and putting something on your website. It's, it's actually yes. taking a look at the culture and then your operations, your processes, and making sure that you are uh, embodying the values and the messages that you are putting out, that they actually are, are real. Actually, I want to like save that little soundbite because we talk a lot about creating a culture of marketing. And I think that what you just said of embodying those values and embodying um, the the reason that your business exists from the top down, bottom up is so important. Um, 
if that's not happening authentically, people will know and it will impact you. Uh, Larger corporations, they can get away with some of that, right? Like we know that people that work at Walmart are not happy working at Walmart and they don't share the same vision that the people at the top do, but they have the marketing budget and they have the market share to be able to get around that. As small businesses, we don't have that luxury. We will get eaten alive if what we're saying we believe in, if what we're saying is important, isn't actually woven into our businesses. Where do you see uh, business owners, especially in the small to medium-sized business owners, where do you see them like, you know, quote unquote, waste a lot of time when it comes to marketing strategy? You want to go first on that one, Randy? Man, that's such a great question. I know it really is such a great question. Um, You know, I think where the gap oftentimes is, is that they haven't, they've skipped ahead. They've skipped ahead to something exciting and fun. And they're like, I want to do this. Or, you know, their, their mentor, their friend that did XYZ marketing campaign works so well. So it's kind of trying to do a little bit more of uh, skipping to the fun stuff. (laughs) versus taking a step back and starting at the beginning. And again, that's part of the reason to reference back to the five-step process that Heather Heather and I have been mentioning. You know, we start, start with the audience and your brand and move into your vision and move into your value. And then from there, go into your goals. Because all of these tactics. And and when you get the actual campaign going, right, it's like pretty, it's probably got some really cool flair to it. We feel good. It's the good part. It's the fun part. Um, but if we haven't done the, the work um, at the beginning to make sure that we're weaving it into the entirety of our company and creating that marketing culture, then it, it falls flat and we waste time. And um, it's something that maybe it works for a little bit, but it's not creating a sustainable process. It's not creating something that actually does build value because maybe your goals are misaligned or your vision. I think one of the ways that I've seen this play out in some of even, even some of the larger businesses is that if we don't really define that vision and those goals on the front end of the campaign, we invest all this money, thousands of dollars, build it all out get it going. And then 60 days later, when it's performing, right, (laughs) we change our mind and and decide to do something else happens all the time. And it breaks my heart. I've tried to, (laughs) I've had it happen with clients and I've tried to talk clients out of it. I'm like, what do you mean? Like this is, we're doing great. And they're like, well, we've changed our mind on what our goal is. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? We will, we will make that happen. But um, I think that is the biggest thing is that we're, we're kind of going down these campaign paths. We haven't spent the time to really knock out that vision and the goals. And then we either change our mind and switch to something else, wasting those resources, or we don't, we don't recognize where the opportunity actually is because we think something's not working because we haven't spent the time on it to actually make it work for us. So I'd say those are kind of the two ways that it shows up. And I'll just to kind of say that in a little different way that um, I think kind of puts like a visual spin on it. If you think about a new strategy that you're going to implement in your marketing, there's all this time at the beginning of the planning, the deciding on the audience, you know, getting all of the logistics just right for it to be effective. 
And then you've got this short little time frame of actually building the assets and launching that strategy. So let's say it's like um, a paid ad campaign, right? That we're going to do across social media channels. There's a whole lot of buildup of figuring out the right channels, the right audience, the right targeting, the right timing, the right budget, all that stuff. This is quiet time. This is where you are heads down, figuring out what's right. Then you have this fun time of creating the assets. You get to do some jazzy fun stuff. It's visual. It's heads up. Everyone can see what you're doing and launch. And then you have this long time period again of refining and building momentum. Because once you launch, you're not going to hit every person in your campaign immediately. You're going to continue to refine and build momentum. And it's going to take a long time for that strategy to come to full fruition. But people like this middle part where it's fun and it feels like you're actually doing something because you're creating tangible results. You're seeing this is my ad. This is what I'm going to put up. This is something that you know feels fun and fulfilling and it feels busy. And so what we see is that people jump from that middle period to middle period. They say, we're not going to see out this strategy long-term. We're going to run this for three months, but we're going to stop because it's not working. We're not getting the results that we wanted in week one. And so now we're going to ditch that and we're going to jump over here. and We're going to put everything into SEO (laughs) or whatever the next thing is. And so it's people are wasting time feeling busy. Yeah, because that's when you can see things happening. You can see the work that's being created, the assets that are being created. It feels fun and fulfilling, but the actual results happen in the quiet time, the planning and then building momentum and making refinements to your strategy. There is this opportunity to switch, you know, for you know, owners who may not be getting bang for their marketing buck or, you know, who haven't even uh, delved into marketing strategy. Uh, and obviously, we're at the end of the year and you know, heading into uh, the new year. It's an opportunity for, for them to start looking at what their marketing for 2022 is supposed to look like. Um, could you like, you know, explain why switching over to if they, that is, if they don't have, if they have one, right, why you should maybe consider your five-step process because of whatever success that you've had and just what differentiates that process in the marketplace? Yeah, so, Randy. <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll, I'll say a few things. I, I would say um, two things that really stand out would be the way oftentimes with marketing, I have clients say all the time, well, it's not about the amount of money that I'm going to invest. It's knowing what the ROI is going to be, right? So if I spend $1, I want to know that I'm going to get two, three, four, whatever back in, back in it. And so I think when we're looking at building, when we build a value building marketing strategy, we really look at your goals, your vision, but we also dive into the data. We dive into what is your customer acquisition cost? What are those numbers that matter to your business externally, but then are internally like the the customer acquisition costs, but also what are those numbers that matter externally? So industry benchmarks and some of those metrics that we want to make sure we're living up to. And so we really base the entire strategy on kind of coming full circle to align the final playbooks, the final outcomes, recommendations, the, the tools and tactics, right, that we're going to use to align with not only your vision and the, your values, what you see for your business and those goals, 
but making sure that they make sense from a number standpoint so that it's data-driven results. And it's not just, well, we should do this because it's what people in our industry are doing. It's what I've seen other people like me do. It's no, we're going to do this because based upon my real metrics, my real numbers, my goals, my marketing budget, the return that I want to see, this is what we know it will have proven results based upon your internal numbers and the external metrics that we're able to go after. So I think that kind of data-driven results is really one thing that makes us unique. We're not Mm -hmm. just coming in and saying, hey, like you need to do a newsletter and set up a funnel system. There's there's more to it. Um, And it's not cookie cutter. And I think that that's what we see a lot of right now too, is so many people have launched their own businesses, which is exciting and amazing. But that's also where we're kind of getting this concept of like unicorns in the marketing world that can do everything for you or something really cookie cutter where it's like the, the same thing for everybody in manufacturing. And the reality is, is that your brand, you're better than that. And your audience, your customers, they deserve better than that. And in 2022, we know it. So we got to step it up. And that's how we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing that makes us different, and Randy kind of touched on this, is, you know, we don't have that cookie cutter offering. We're not using this strategy as a foot in the door to sell you our product. We're using this strategy as a way to help you build more value in your business and build the right value because we want to see you succeed. Um, We're not going to come in and only recommend SEO because we're actually an SEO company. We're not going to come in and just recommend digital funnels because we're a digital funnel company. We're going to come in and recommend what's going to work for you based on the data and based on your goals. Uh, And that's a big differentiator because there are a lot of people who say they do marketing strategy. And it just so happens that all of their strategies are the exact same (laughs) because it's selling a product. And I think the other thing that really has been one of the most fulfilling things for me personally, as we're kind of moving into this value building model is that we are stepping back and thinking about the business as real people, you as a business owner, your employees, your customers as real people and not just numbers. And so, you know, if we're thinking about vision and what those goals are, you know, to Heather's point, if your goal is that your company wants to really be focused on improving the environment and environmentalism, that is something that is such like a passion project for you. So it's exciting to think about your marketing fitting into that. Or if your goal is to improve employee morale, there are ways to implement this this methodology and and create a strategy within your marketing that dips back into that. And so I think that's kind of one of the things that's been really fulfilling and exciting as we move into this, because we're really getting to think about it, not just from a conceptual, but actual real people and real ideas and, and not just the business over here separate kind of connecting those passions and the real goals to the business, the CEO, the employees, and whoever else would be stakeholders. Yeah. That's one of the great things about being and working with small businesses is we get to do that. It's harder to do with an enterprise level business, but as small businesses, we can really take our passions and our values and infuse it into everything that we're doing. Yeah, I agree. It's it's it's, uh, it's why I decided to niche down from. I left corporate world to to you know, focus exclusively on small business because mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to make a bigger impact. What do you see on the horizon, just short and long term, for business owners when it comes to marketing strategy? Uh, I'm trying to bring it home. 
So uh, long term on the horizon, you know, if you were to put your crystal ball, uh, look in your crystal ball, what do you see on the horizon for marketing strategy for small business owners? I think we're going to continue to see authenticity in your marketing be more and more and more important. Um, customers just expect it. Um, your business partners expect it. So that's that's one thing that I think is here to stay and it's going to become more and more important. You see businesses that you know are blowing up on TikTok, right? And that's because we love seeing the people, the real you know, who's behind these brands, what's going on with them, what's their personality, what do they care about? Um, those vi videos that do well, it's not because they're overproduced and this, you know, $5 million commercial, it's because it's authentic. So I think you're going to see more and more of that for sure. And I don't want to, I, I said, TikTok, don't latch onto that. Doesn't necessarily mean it's the fit for your business, but that authentic um, transparency and really doing and living the way that your values align with. I think the authenticity is 100% spot on. That's a theme that we're going to have to just continue to find more ways to do that. And it really, the other thing that we're going to continue seeing is more um, parameters around privacy and security when it comes to the different tools, the different tactics and expectations of customers. And so really honing in to who your audience is, who that ideal client is, and making sure your messaging is on point to them is how you're going to be able to stand out even more because we're the competition is only going to become greater and mm -hmm. it's not going to be as easy to necessarily slide into their phones um, serving ads, right? There's going mm -hmm. to have to be more um, content to it, more, just more, just more to it, more personality to it, more authenticity, like Heather said. And I think that we're going to experience that a little bit more as we see more privacy measures. And that's nothing new. Um, I mean, that's something every year, even on social media, we, that's part of the reasons groups have blown up on Facebook, you know, because that privacy is becoming more and more important. That's part of the reason things like Snapchat and stories on social media have become so popular is because it's something that goes away. Um, and so we're continuing to see that in uh, various tools and not just social media, um, various tools. And so <laughs> I yeah. think finding ways to make sure that um, we're intentional as we're planning our content is going to be something that becomes even more important, which just goes along with that authenticity. I think that's the the key word. That is the buzzword of 2022. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, so how would you sum up everything that we discussed uh, in your few final thoughts and advice for our listeners? Yeah, so I think uh, one thing I can do is clarify what those steps are in, we talked about our five-step process a bunch, and we kind of scattered that across the conversation. Um, so what that process actually is, is we talked about starting with defining your path. What is it that you want to do with this business um, as the business owner? What does the next five to 10 years look like for you and your business? And then second step is clarifying what value means to you. So knowing what your path is, what does the value of your business mean to you? Does it mean what your, your business is worth in the market or does it mean something different? Um, is it a passion project? Is it a way to provide income for your family? Is it an opportunity to live the rest of your life out on a yacht as a very rich individual? What, where is the value in your business for you as far as that long-term goal? Um, and then we move into creating those vision informed goals. So we're saying, if this is your vision, then this is what we need to be achieving within the business 
to make that vision happen. Um, and that's how we're creating those business goals that the marketing plan is going to be based around. Then we move into analyzing the metrics. So looking at, like Randy said, those internal and external numbers um, as far as your budget, um, what things need to be as far as um, cost per acquisition and the, how long are you keeping your clients? What is the life-term value, um, lifelong value? <laughs> uh, and then what are those external numbers that we need to be looking at? What's going on in the market? Where can we set our benchmarks and our goals? Um, what is the market telling us that we need to be looking at? And then creating a strategy based on that data. So taking and looking at where your best opportunities are going to be, um, what that strategy needs to look like based on that and based on your goals and everything else that we talked about. So that's our five-step process um, that we've alluded to a few times here. And how long does that typically take? How long is in a typical engagement for you to be able to successfully deploy that whole process? So I would say that really ultimately depends upon the, on the client side to some extent. Um, we have the ability, I would say four weeks would be kind of a little bit quicker on average, mm -hmm. I would say closer to, to six weeks, it'd kind of be a good in the middle. But a lot of that time kind of depends on how long it takes for the, the client, right, to come up with one of the things that we do right out of the gate is we do a market marketing inventory. And so we gather your past assets, whether that be, you know, past uh, tangible items like your brochure, business cards, any sort of like art files, um, whatever your website, your content, whatever that that you've whatever you've used in the past that would be considered marketing assets. And that sometimes can take a minute for businesses to gather, mm -hmm. especially if they've never done it. So sometimes that might take a day or two because, you know, we've got Susie over here that is on it and that's amazing. But we have other clients that, you know, it takes them a couple of weeks because they have to talk to a few different people in a few different places. So that part I think takes the longest um, for a lot of folks, and then just gathering the metrics that matter to you. So it really depends upon the client, but I would say four to six weeks. And that's yeah, something that you can start doing now yourself. In addition to starting think thinking about how these five steps apply to you is actually going and doing that first part of a marketing inventory, which is gathering the assets, create a Google folder, Dropbox, whatever, make it digital, create whatever folder you want to use within your business um, and put everything in there. You know, if you need to scan something in, take pictures, grab links and gather as much as you can mm -hmm. so that that'll kind of help you get a little bit of a step ahead. We suggest going back three years that doesn't mean that you need to go and grab every single newsletter you've ever sent, but just kind of grab something that would check the box for the essence of what you've done before. Um, so that's something that you can start doing to save time and really looking at where you where you started, where you are now. That's all part of informing where you want to go when it comes down to the actual tactics mm -hmm. um, outside of the, the vision and the goals that you have. Yeah. And I would say doing that work, whether you're thinking about working with someone like us for a strategy or not, is going to be so helpful for you. Um, and then definitely understanding your numbers. If you're working with an exit planner or an accountant, then you probably have already gone through those numbers of understanding um, you know, what your ROI is, what your, your cost per acquisition, all those important metrics are. Uh, if you haven't done that, 
it's something that we will take you through. Um, but if you're not looking at a marketing strategy right now, you should still know your numbers. That is so important. A business owner that doesn't understand um, what's going on financially beyond just the end of the year profit and loss is going to be in so much more trouble. So those are two things that you can start working on gathering that information. Um, and it's going to put you ahead of the curve and also just give you so much great information about your business that you may not have even been aware of. Okay, great. Well, thanks, you guys. Uh, I appreciate your time. I mean, obviously, we've kind of gone way over it. This was a great conversation. <laughs> and uh, Senator would love to have you back uh, sometime in the future to to talk about some more things. Um, how can people, uh, you know, just if they want to follow up with you, I know we're going to have your information in the show notes, but what's the best way for people to follow you, whether on social media or on your website? So our website is valuebuildingmarketing.com. You can go there and reach out through the contact form. You can also see us take you through a marketing strategy document and see every little thing that's included in that final document. Um, I think that's a really important thing for you to understand is not just the process, but the value you'll get out of our deliverable. Um, so you can go through that there. And then I spend most of my time on LinkedIn. You can find me under Heather Baker Steele. Um, what about you, Brandy? Where are you hanging out most of the time these days? Yeah, you can find me um, primarily on Facebook and Instagram at ideas that don't suck. Of course, you know, I pop into to LinkedIn under Randy Skinner, but I like to have, I like to do the fun, the fun social channels. Heather takes care of the LinkedIn, the professional one. And then I get to do a few little, you know, grammable poses every once in a while. <laughs> all right. You got to cover all the bases, right? So, yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Thank you ladies for, for coming by. This was great. And this is really uh, helpful educational for all of us. I learned a lot. Thank oh, you. So Thank, Thank you Anna. so much for having us.